QuoteSpec is the newest building and construction quoting app created and designed by a working builder. Produce job-winning professional quotes in minutes with QuoteSpec's cloud-based quoting software. Get your free trial at www.quotespec.com and be prepared to get your life back. In this episode, we sit down with Lara Kelly, an apprentice electrician. We talk about life at a mining camp and what it's like being a female in a male-dominated industry, as well as Lara's goal to shine a positive light and encourage more women to take up a trade. Hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome to uh, 120 Grit Podcast, Episode 3. We're lucky enough today to have uh, a good friend of ours, Lara Kelly, or she's otherwise known, Larzy the Sparky on Instagram. Um, Lara, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, tell me, it's uh, I look at your Instagram and it's pretty pretty bloody cool, <laughs> and you look a bit different today because you don't have dirt all over your face. Yeah, I do sometimes wash myself once a week usually. Tell me, how satisfying is it to knock off on the tools and and make it to the uh, the showers afterwards and have a good clean up? Because <laughs> I know when we used to knock off and come home from work and we're with the dust mask. Lines on your face, and yeah, it always feels like you've accomplished something that day. So sometimes yeah. it takes like forty-five minutes to wash all the coal off you, but it's a good feeling when you are finally clean. That's for sure. All the coal. Yeah. What is coal? What do they even do with coal? Got no idea. <laughs> so, um, you're an electrical apprentice. I am. How did you come to? Uh, how did you come to get into that? Uh, well, I'm obviously a little bit older than a lot of apprentices you might see these days. I'm. 26 obviously not 17 um yeah it took me a while after I finished school actually to figure out what I wanted to do as far as career-wise went I um dabbled in a few different things went to university for a little bit worked in corporate health worked in agriculture but I um I grew up on a farm I always loved getting out and getting stuck in and that satisfaction you get from you know fixing something or making something that works that has never worked um so that's when I figured out that I wanted to do a trade and yeah electrical was what something that really um interested me especially automation and all that kind of stuff and uh, yeah I had a younger brother who worked in the mines and that's something that was super interesting to me so I um yeah started started looking at getting into that what did uh, what did you do at uni um I did a bit of a lot of things so uh straight out of school I went and studied psychology um, at University of Western Australia. I um, only did that for a semester and it wasn't really for me. Um, and then I went and did a year of primary school teaching, actually. Yeah, right. Like yeah. teacher's aid to, sort of stuff or, or oh, at uni, studying like, it? Yeah, studying yeah, right. Okay, uni, cool, yeah. cool. Interesting, interesting. So, so how big's your hex debt? Uh, it's pretty big. <laughs> Do we not want to talk about that? Oh, I've, I've paid it off now and then I started an engineering degree, so it's, um, oh my I God. got rid of it and then got another started one. working on it again. <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, University of Western Australia. Yes. So you're a WA girl. I am. Gal. Born and bred in yeah, Western nice. Australia, yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, southwest of WA. I spent probably the last 11 years before I moved to Queensland in a little town or city called Bunbury. Southwest WA. Yeah, about two hours south of Perth. Along so the coast. is that near Esperance? No. Uh, not that far south. Sweet. Um, no, Bunbury, um, I was in WA earlier this year for a wedding down in Margaret River. Oh, yeah. It's cool. absolutely beautiful. It is a it's beautiful like part of the world. the nicest coastline I've ever seen. It's Bunbury Coastal. Yes, it is yeah. a port city, Bunbury. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. There you go. So um, I guess, how did you make it to Brisbane? Um, oh, that's a bit of a, it's a very long story, but basically um, 
I was working over in WA in the mines. I worked in gold and iron ore over there. Um, needed a bit of a change. I was in a bit of a rut in my life. Decided I wanted to go do something just by myself on my own, put myself out of my comfort zone a bit, and I thought, well, why not move across the country? Was there any reason you chose Brisbane? No, actually, to be honest, um, I was applying for apprenticeships all along the East Coast, so um, Mackay, Brisbane, Newcastle, down towards Melbourne. Um, I was really lucky, actually. I got offered a few, so I got like kind of got to choose where I wanted to go. And, yeah, Brisbane, I'd been there once on a stopover on a flight. Seemed pretty cool. I thought, why not? Well, that will do me. Seemed pretty cool. It's one of those places, actually. I've found Brisbane is, is one of those places where lots of people move to. Yeah. Um, yeah, people do live here, Dan. You meet, no, but lots of people the move couple. to Brisbane. Oh. Like, you know, like right. I moved to Brisbane. I moved to Brisbane for two weeks yeah. um, nine years ago, like from Sydney, and I never went back. And yeah. I seem to meet a lot of people who have found Brisbane to be, yeah. Because it's cheaper than the majority of the other major cities, exactly. I would presume. That would be one main reason. I'm interested about, so you're a mature age apprentice. I am. Um, Ed was a mature age apprentice Damn good one too Wow he Is wasn't that good He signed no. off in three years Boom <laughs> that's, a, that's recorded too And I'm looking straight at the camera yeah. That's straight content You know why he was signed off in three years Because <laughs> they wanted to get rid of him Yeah That and because yeah. because I was his trade Oh right? really Yeah, yeah oh, so. I didn't know that Yeah, yeah right. That explains a lot then yeah. Well what do you mean <laughs> Nothing <laughs> <laughs> No supposed to matter <laughs> I really want to know. Yes. <laughs> Explain I've yourself. You <laughs> I've seen you on a Hitachi blower. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, what Lara is referring to there is a photo shoot that we did mm-hmm. recently, mm-hmm. a high-vis photo shoot featuring, featuring some of our friends and tradies. New friends. Um, new friends. New friends. Um, friends. And we were trying to achieve a bit of a Marilyn Monroe-esque S- sort yeah. of vibe yeah. um, and obviously being tradies. We had to use the tools that we've got, and that was a Hitachi blower or Hikoki. It was a Hitachi blower, but now yeah. it's Hikoki. Well, it hasn't been rebranded the blower, so you can still call it Hitachi. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> Sweet. so yeah, no, I'm cross pr- that bridge. Pr- on blower. So, becoming a mature age apprentice, but you've gone from finishing school. I guess there's that natural. What am I going to do with my life? Did you go straight to uni? I did. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. I said, I um. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I finished school. Um, like most people. No idea. Right. Yeah, I guess. But when you're in high school, well, the school I went to at least, they really hammered that you get good grades, you go to university, you get a job. Like that's the pathway. So for me, I was like, oh, okay, well, I finished school now and I got good grades. So I guess I'll just pick a university and pick a degree and go give that a crack. So I think okay. that's pretty common. I hear that a lot. Oh, so yeah. many people... They finish school and, you know, the natural next step is to get a degree because that's what most people do. Yeah. So, so many people fall into this, you know, trap or belief that they have to, that they need to do that because yeah. that's kind of what everyone else is doing. But it takes, I mean, I know for guys particularly, it takes us a lot longer to mature in general, but especially, you know, coming out of your late teens and early 20s and no one knows what they want to do. No one knows what they're naturally good at or what, you know, but, but a lot of people do feel the pressure to have to do something. Yeah. Did you start right. your trade straight away? I started one, yeah, straight away. Yeah, straight out of school. So I I got into um, University of Western Sydney to do construction management. And when we had to put our preferences down, I was like, like what you wanted to study? I was like, oh, I don't know. Any, meeny, Yeah, like... Yep. Geology. Yeah. I've, I've only, I'm only just figuring myself out now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, for me, it was, uh, I wanted to, I didn't really feel like uni was the go. 
And so I did a trade because, you know, it's a good skill to have and I don't ever regret for one second doing it because you learn so much on the job and just work ethic and, you know, the, the people that you meet and getting up a bit of structure, getting up at 6am every day or 5am every day and getting yeah. to work and doing your, you know, eight or 10 hours or whatever it is. And, you know, it's one of the most valuable things I've, I've ever done because it really sets you up for so many other things. Yeah, definitely. And I agree. There's so many things that you can't be taught in a classroom that you just learn through going out and getting life experience. And I think, like you said, having a job and having to get up early and having to, you know, wash your clothes and rock up in a presentable state. And that's things that you can't teach someone in a classroom. It's something that you have to learn by going out and having to be a fully functioning adult in society. So Yeah, 100%. So run us through, uh, so you moved to Brizzy, got the job uh, as an apprentice. So was that with a job here in Brisbane or was it in the mines up north? Uh, so the job is actually just out of mine, just out of Murumba. So yep. that's where I work. I live in Brisbane and I work fly and fly out to to site so we do a week on week off roster so i'm obviously at home at the moment in brizzy um for my week off are you in brizzy right now am i <laughs> this, is, this is brisbane <laughs> this, is, this place here is off the map actually <laughs> yeah you're at the mud hut, the mud hut. <laughs> so uh you okay so you 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 mature age apprentice in the mines did you know anyone else that was working there at that at no, that I didn't actually. Funnily enough, I because I was already working and living over in Western Australia, when it came to doing all the recruitment and stuff for trying to get jobs over here, um, a couple of them I flew over for, for job interviews. Um, I was pretty lucky with the job I actually ended up taking that I was able to do like Skype interviews with them because yep. I was at, I was doing um, like a two-week on, one-week off roster in the mines over in WA and just the way the cookie crumbled happened to be that a lot of the time I was away at work when they were running specific parts of the recruitment process so yeah I was really lucky obviously with technology as it is these days I was able to go through that recruitment process in a semi face-to-face way with them um, from the comfort of the sunny Pilbara. Yeah nice (laughs) okay sweet so um so I suppose yeah you build that relationship through the interview and stuff and obviously you trusted them got the job rocked up let's walk through the first trip up to Murrumbah and and that walking into a mine site full of what I would stereotypically say is 99.9% blokes that did, are, yeah. that did are, you have that are like 21 to 50. Yeah, expectations? Yeah. Go. Yeah, like preconceived <laughs> ideas? Did you have any, you know, any I, ideas at all? I had, I think, um, so there was, there's four apprentices at my site. Um, I was the only one, obviously, having come from a mining background in WA, I think I had a little bit of a better idea of what I was going to be walking into, but you're right, it's still, it doesn't stop being any less daunting, I guess, when you're one of not that many females walking into a site where it's predominantly males and predominantly a, a lot older as well. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's always – I find it quite exciting, actually. Like, I love new opportunities. I really like putting myself out of my comfort zone. So I get, you know, like that kind of nervous excitement. It's always good to see, you know, you never know what you're going to walk into kind of thing. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Awesome. Did you say one of four apprentices? Yes. So on a mind side of how many? Oh, Roughly thousands. I don't. No, I couldn't tell you how many people work there. Thousands, like potentially thousands. Yeah, four apprentices. Yeah, and we were actually the first apprenticeship program that they've run at this site too. So we were the first ever apprentices that they've had there. The four wow. Of us. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't realize that the numbers were so small. Of, for, of apprentices. For, of yeah. apprentices. Yeah. 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 Well, you don't get an apprenticeship as a minor. Well, no, I know, but 
So what exactly do you do in the mines as a sparky? So um, at the moment, I split my time between what they call fixed plan and infrastructure maintenance and field maintenance. So fixed plan and infrastructure is looking after like your wash plant, which is kind of a processing plant or your conveyor systems, yard machines, stackers, reclaimers, all that kind of stuff. And then the other portion of my time I spend is in field maintenance. So I don't know if you guys know much about the mining industry, but here in Queensland we have these massive big machines called drag lines. So our site has four drag lines and one electric shovel. So in field maintenance we obviously maintain those. Okay, because right. obviously your apprenticeship is an electrician. Yeah. Right, just a, you know, a general electrician. But as you're saying, uh, yeah, you don't get an apprenticeship. Well, you wouldn't. Well, I would picture that majority of the people that are on a mine site would be qualified because yeah. their mine are subcontracting people to come work for them. Yeah. So yeah. they wouldn't expect. But like as an electrician, like the jobs that you're doing are obviously specific to mines and it's stuff that you don't see anywhere else. Yeah, that's it. So obviously I have a bit of a different perspective. I do TAFE here in Brisbane with um, obviously all sorts of walks of life of electricians, I guess, people that work in all different industries. Um what I do is vastly different from someone who maybe just does commercial, who might be working on shopping centres or something like that, or someone who's just purely doing domestic. So I technically fall under, I guess, like the industrial hat um, mm. as far as my apprenticeship goes. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so you do go to TAFE, obviously, and I just remember from my time at TAFE, um, you'd go and, you, you know, you meet all sorts of different people yeah. and, you know, the natural thing to do is be comparing what you do for work with each other and, you know, you hear all these kinds of different stories. But yeah. I always had this feeling when I went to TAFE and I would chat to guys about what everyone else was doing that, oh, shit, I can't, like, oh, we don't do that. Like, what, what like, why aren't I doing that? Or I'm, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Like, and I sort of always had this kind of nervous feeling like oh these guys are doing all this other stuff but I don't know how to do that like am yeah. I going to be any good at my trade like I think that f- everyone feels that a little bit to some degree I guess you could be doing something that's so so difficult and so in-depth and something that someone may never do their entire trade but you still look at them and you think well they do something completely different to me I've, I've got no idea how to do mm. that like mm. I work on a conveyor system but you ask me to install a downlight and I still get that nervousness because it's something that I don't do all the time and it's it's hard, like, you don't want to fall into that trap of always comparing yourself to someone who's, you know, doing the same trade as you but might be doing something completely different to you. And, you know, they might install a downlight 30,000 times and never even touch the thing that mm. you've ever worked on. Yeah. So, got It's a, all perspective. It is, yeah. Mm. But, it, but it's an interesting, like, it's a very easy, I mean, job specific or life in general, it's very easy to fall into the trap of comparing yourself to yeah. everyone else because that's kind of all you've got to go off that's it. in a way. So, um Interesting. So I want to know about uh, life on the uh, at camp. Camp um, life. Yeah, because um, how many other females are there around around the camp? Uh, so as far as um, places I've worked, so I've worked at a gold mine in WA and I've also worked at an iron ore mine. This site that I work at currently has the highest ratio of females to males, which is nice and refreshing. Good to see more chicks around. But still, obviously, largely skewed towards towards the men. Mm. Um, I don't. I personally find I I get along with most people. I don't have a problem with you know going down and hanging out with the boys or hanging out with the girls. So for me, it's it's pretty cool. But I know, yeah, like I said, it can get overwhelming, especially if you're new to that environment and perhaps if you were a bit younger as well. So we have a few apprentices who are a lot younger. It's probably pretty daunting walking into that environment, especially going into the mess. You know. 
you walk into dinner by yourself and there's hundreds of other people sitting at tables and you have to go get your little plate and get your food and stuff. It can be a little bit like... Makes me think of like movies or it makes me think of what is all over Netflix at the moment, all the prison shows. Oh, yeah. Did you ever watch any of those? Yeah. I don't know why I like them, but they're just something about them. Um, One day. Yeah, or walking in with the trays or, you know, in the movies, you know, got to find someone to sit next to. Yeah. Like, and steal their tots. Can't sit here. <laughs> Shoot someone at dinner. <laughs> that doesn't happen. So uh, male-dominated mind site camp, uh, how is, you know, we've spoken about, like you know, obviously they're dominating. Like, has it there's ever been like uh, times when you felt uncomfortable or like blokes have sort of been out of hand or like run us through that because yeah so I reckon when I first started working in the mining industry so I'm 26 now I've been in the mines for about five years or so so when I first started I was like 21 22 which is still pretty mm. pretty young um, so like I say in the first ever site I went and worked out was a gold mine. And actually the week that I started there, they had a full plant shutdown. So I think they had something like 1,200 additional staff on site, extra contractors just for this shutdown because there was just so much work on. And I'll never forget that first morning. So it was a drive-in, drive-out site. I drove to work 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, checked into my room, went to go get breakfast before I went to work, walked into the mess at breakfast and there was just like a 1,000 people in there I couldn't even see another chick. It was just all guys and it was just like, holy hell, like, yeah. <laughs> this is a lot. And then, yeah, working that first week, obviously, still trying to figure out like what I was doing and where I needed to go and even just like I made some friends pretty quickly. I used to work in the warehouse, so with the guys that I was working with and, you know, we'd go down for a beer at the wet mess after work. It was still – it was really daunting. There was quite a few guys who were a bit – um I guess shocked to see a girl, let alone like a really young girl, being at a site. And I know some some people don't really know how to behave in public. <laughs> I guess I, I could some say. people don't know how to behave at the best of times. Let alone yeah, yeah in, in in a room full of guys that have yeah. never seen a you know a girl walk into a, a mine site. Yeah, yeah, so that was that was pretty overwhelming for me. But I was really lucky actually. The guys that I was working with, they were pretty quick to like you know, tell guys to shut up, you know, sometimes you just don't need to make stupid little comments. And well, I mean, like, like for that. the most part, guys are like, well, guys are good, like. Yeah, know, that was where I was oh, going. Yeah, I was no. like, it would be interesting to know how good they were because we get a pretty bad rap sometimes. I know there's always a bad egg, yeah. you know, everywhere. Yeah, that's it. But, but it's sort of like, as a whole, has the experience been good? Yeah, I've been so lucky, honestly. Like, I feel so blessed because I've met so many awesome people and I've made so many friends through working in this industry and people who I'll be friends with for life. So even the most recent place I worked at, I met people that lived all over Australia. So Queensland, Melbourne, Adelaide, the whole kit and caboodle, who I still stay in touch with now and I've been here for nearly two years. So, yep. yeah, I have uh, some – and I think, too, um, when you are working away – people tend to really like pull together as a community and I know personally I felt like we're a bit like a family so that's really nice too you know they've always got your back you've always got theirs yeah yeah so working um in the mines like you know a lot of people talk about how it's I know you're still an apprentice but like people are on high amounts of money um it's high stress to the fact that it's you know long hours long shifts seven on seven offs your roster do like are they educating people how to look after their finances and how to look after themselves and, you know, that work-life balance to a degree? 
Um, to be honest, I think the site that I'm at now has probably been the best for that. I think um, obviously being on a 7-7 seven and seven roster, this is the most family-friendly roster that I've worked on. I think there is a lot more of, um, I guess, awareness about, you know, not getting caught up in that long swing and, you know, shutting the world out outside of you. And I know the last place I worked out, we did like a two-on-one roster. So two weeks away is a long way to be, you know, a long time to be away from family and friends and stuff like that. It is really easy to kind of like put your blinkers on and lock yourself into that work mode and then sometimes like ignore the fact that you've got all this stuff going on outside. So I found um, being on a more family-friendly roster, the companies tend to be a lot more, uh, a lot better at encouraging people to have a better work-life balance. So yeah. I've definitely, definitely enjoyed doing this roster as far as that goes. Yep, yep. So there's not so – probably my point more is are they giving, you know, employees um, – like are they educating employees about how, you know, like what – let's say, for instance, someone was struggling, yeah, with their mental health. Like what, what, what's the go-to at uh, your site? So we've got an employee assistance program that our employer provides. So they have services. So I know ours is through a company called Griffin Psychology. Basically what they've got um, – and they do, they have flyers and magnets and stuff everywhere. I know all of our camp rooms actually have a magnet in there, which has Griffin's hotline number. So if you do feel you need to speak to someone, um, the company obviously has an arrangement with the psychology company so that you can call and speak. And I think they give you six to eight sessions, which the company pays for if you ever need that kind of support. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I know um, as far as like on a, on the tools level, the supervisors and stuff are always really approachable when it comes to things like that, which is yep. really good having like those open lines of communication with people who are kind of on the floor with you yep. and then like workmates and stuff as well. So they're, they're always really approachable, which I've found is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. that's great. Do you know, do people, um, do people use the, the hotline, like the EAP, you know, that you're aware of or do yeah. people talk about it? Like um, Maybe not so much people like talking about it, but I do know of people who have used it and like you are saying with the financial awareness, so you don't have to call up the company because, you know, you're having problems with your mental health or something. It might be something as simple as, okay, well, I'm having trouble with my finances and that's given me a lot of anxiety. So yep. you can call up them and then they can kind of point you in the right, right direction. direction. They that's good. They have like a lot of a lot of companies that they work with as well. So they can point you towards other services if that's something that you need within that employee assistance. But yeah, I think awesome. that's an important point you raise because, um, yeah, the thing is when you talk about the mental health stuff, I guess, you know, people have a tendency to think, oh, mental health, it means you've got depression or mm. anxiety or, or, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, the reality is, is, you know, anxiety, you can feel anxious without having anxiety. Yeah. And things like finances or job security or, you know, relationships and family back home, they call yeah. this is what causes so many, so many problems for people. So I think the understanding is that you can actually access your EAP for a wide range of reasons, even to talk about your finances or, you know, you've got some problems with the kids or whatever. Like that's the reason yeah. why it's there. It's not to call them up and say, oh, yeah. hey, I'm depressed or, yeah. or I don't know why. There's always a reason or something, you know, why it says, I think coming at it from a, far more, you know, educational and an open mind, you know, perspective where that's kind of the reason why you can use that. It's probably a really good service in place. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about uh, the Instagram. Okay. So what Look. made you what made you start Lazy the Sparky? Yeah. We're we're switching from Lara Kelly now. Okay, yeah. I'll put my other hat you on. You've got to put your other hat on, yeah. please. Um, welcome to the show, Lazy the Sparky. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. let's let's discuss uh, yeah, why you started it. 
So obviously, like I said before, I'm a mature age apprentice. It it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do career-wise. And I know when I was a bit younger, for me, like you were saying, you know, you don't you go out of high school, you don't know what you want to do and it, that can be a source of a bit of anxiety and, you know, a bit of mental anguish because you feel like you need to be doing something but you don't know what you want to do. Um, so, yeah, for me it took me a while to figure out I wanted to do a trade and now that it is something that I'm doing, like I'm, I, just, I honestly love my job. Like I would just want to go shout from the rooftops like how much I do love my job and the satisfaction that you do get when, you know, something breaks and you're out there and you're the one that fixes it or you solve a problem or something like that. It's like... Yeah, I just can't describe how good a feeling it is. And you guys obviously being tradies, you probably know that feeling as well. It's satisf- It's really satisfying to waterproof yeah. a wall or, you know, anything like that, isn't it? Like when See you- a project come together. You're <laughs> Seeing like- a project come yeah. together, for sure. Well, yeah. it's, it's a tangible result, isn't yeah. it? You can look back at the end of the day and say I did that, yeah. Because yeah. the thing- <laughs> Drive past a house, I wired that house. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. The difference is, I completely agree with you because now- working for, for us, working in an office, you know, like this job, we absolutely love it, right? But- so often I'm on a computer and I'm not the most computer literate person. I spent 10 years on the tools and, and all I ever had to do on a computer was send a timesheet and I could do that from my phone. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so often I, I have this feeling of like not feeling like I'm not accomplishing that much with my day because I'm trying to get stuff done on a computer. But, you know, compared to that, pulling out the tools and, and working a day, you actually really feel like you get something yeah. done and you can see it, right? You know, there's plenty of days when you don't feel like you've got anything done. Oh, yeah, it goes both ways, hey? <laughs> the frustration and the success. Yeah, it swings both ways. Who, yeah. who does? It is. It's when like you're working on a site. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> accomplish much. so how uh, how long ago did you start your uh, your Instagram? Um, I think I started in December last year, end of last so year. So what's that? Seven months, eight months. Oh, ago. yeah, right. This last December. Okay. Yeah, okay, wow. Your message, your, your, it looks great. Like the whole, I mean, and I started asking you about, you know, the satisfying feeling of washing your face off. But like literally, if anyone wants to check out Lazy Sparky's Instagram, it's it's literally pictures of her with a filthy face <laughs> after hard day's work. I just fell over in a car just parking. Like, Rubbing, yeah. rubbing charcoal on your face <laughs> yeah. and pictures of and pictures of massive rigs that you've been working on. Yeah, yeah, it's but really it cool. It is. So my whole thing, obviously, for starting it, not knowing what I wanted to do for so long, is I want to encourage more people, especially like chicks. I know there's not a lot of females who are in trades, and for me, I just want to be able to share what I do and you know show people that there is this awesome satisfaction that you get from doing something with your hands and you know getting a trade is such a viable career option so for me the more people I can show that and encourage to you know give it a shot you know if you don't know what you want to do why not go out and go and try it try your hand yeah try your hand even got just going and doing work experience or something like that there is you know there's a way to figure out where you want to go with your career it's pretty popular (laughs) say popular uh I'll rephrase. There's never been a better time. There's never been a better time for for chicks to get into a trade. It's um, I feel like now more than ever, you know, big employers are you know really supportive of you know getting you know getting females through and equality in the workplace and all that sort of stuff. I look at you know the fire service, you know, Queensland Fire Service, New South Wales. You know, they're all about you know getting getting women in who can who can do it just as well as yeah. anyone. Um, I guess, uh, what would you say to anyone who wants to get into the trade, any females that want to get into a trade who are thinking about it or, you know, a bit unsure? I would say just go give it a crack. Like I said, you don't have to go sign your apprenticeship paperwork and, you know, sign your life away for four years straight off the bat. Even just 
getting out and doing a bit of work experience like I know personally when I first figured out I wanted to go do a trade I wasn't really sure what trade I wanted to go into I went and spoke to a whole heap of different tradies and my brother was a diesel mechanic so I got to kind of get a bit of an insight about what each kind of trade did so I think actually such a good thing about Instagram it's such a good tool too for giving people an insight into what they do I know as far as even just in Brizzy we've got chippies and plumbers and all different trades and just going on there and having a look at what they do and you know it gives you a bit of a better insight but yeah it's no better time than now to give it a crack yeah that's well, great what about stuck in. what Love about it. um what about do you pull your phone out at work or um, are you allowed to have your phone? No, nah, I'm not. So on the actual mine site that I work at, we're not allowed to have phones anymore. So I, if I'm doing stuff at work, it's usually back at camp at night or whatever. Um, and then obviously I do a bit of stuff when I'm here at home. Um, I work usually a day each break for a mate of mine who has an electrical company down here. So we sometimes get the phone out there and film. Get a, stuff. get a bit of content yeah, so happening. So that so that's uh, so when you're seven days off, yeah. So just um, give tell us a bit about that. What do you do to um, you know, when you come home from your swing, are you are you shagged? Like, are you are you you know a bit buggered after after your seven days on? Or? Yeah. So I usually get in on a Tuesday night, so we get in about nine thirty, ten o'clock. By the time you get home, I usually like to leave Wednesdays as my kind of couch potato day. Chill out at home, do some washing, just kind of unwind. Kind of depends on what kind of stuff we've had on during the swing. Like I know this last swing I've had at work, we had a massive shutdown on, and that was just the whole swing of just absolutely flogging through the work, really like a lot of physical labour. Um, it was quite mentally draining too, obviously, with a time crunch and that kind of stuff. So after when I got home this week, I was pretty buggered. Yeah. yeah, I think I went to bed at like 11 o'clock and I woke up at like 11, 11 the next day and I was like, oh, I must have needed that 12 hours. Sleep. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I mean, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a couch potato like mm-hmm. We have to like we encourage that you know yeah. just there's nothing wrong with doing nothing. I think so many people often get caught up. Yeah, yeah, but not doing nothing all the time. F- not doing nothing yeah, all just the state time. That. Look <laughs> at the nothing. camera. State <laughs> it. <laughs> I think you've nailed it. Um, so, what do you sort of do to kind of unwind a bit when you when you come back? Um, I like to hang out with mates. Go out for lunch, go out for dinner. It's a bit warmer. It's a bit cold here. So you're probably being a bit of a sook at the moment, actually, because it's still like 15 degrees in Brisbane. But when it's a bit warmer, I love going hiking. Um, Where do you hike? Up at Glasshouse Mountains, oh, yeah, nice. up towards the sunny coast. There's plenty of cool like, mountains up there, like Tibbergargan. Yeah, Biwa. <laughs> yeah, Biwa. Yeah, yeah. Mount Nungun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biwaram Lookout. Nungun. Is that how you say it? I don't. I don't know. If, don't quote me on that. Yeah, because I've always wondered how you say it. Because this is like a silent G or an yeah, N it's or like something. N G U N. Nungun. Nungun. That's not how you say it. I don't know. I say. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. No, I'm happy to go with that. I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah. I um. There's a f- uh, we've seen a photo um, that's popped up quite randomly. It's of yourself on at the mine, yep, with a fellow who we know pretty well. Oh uh, yeah, run us through the story before you give away who it is. Okay. Just run us through the story. So I was at the wet mess, or at, it's the pub that's at our camp. I guess you would wet call mess. it. So wet mess. So yeah, can you just I'll get your end up on the lingo? Okay, yeah. so there's the wet mess and there's the dry mess. So the wet mess is like the pub. And the okay. dry mess is like the food hall cafeteria thing. Okay, so there is a pub you can, you're allowed to... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So in, at our camp, we have obviously like a food hall. We've got the, the little pub. There's a couple gyms. It's just like a little village kind of thing. Yeah, righto. But yeah, so I was at the wet mess, the pub, 
and I spotted a strapping young fella in a trademark shirt and I was like, oh, this is so awesome. So anyway, made a beeline for him and I was like, hey, I love your shirt so much and he's like, oh, thanks, it's a conversation starter about mental health. And I'm like, it looks so good, like so we were just having a yarn and then he goes, oh, actually – I'm Ed's dad. And I was like, no way, really. <laughs> big Small, Ken Ross. Big Ken Ross. You're big, kidding me. Big yeah. Peter. And yeah, he, good on him. So tell me, was he, how, how, because I'm really interested to hear how this goes down because from the Ken Ross that I know or that I sort of met, you know, a bit of a, oh, you know, a bit of a knockabout sort of, he's an old, is he a cocky, an old cocky, a bit, bit of a farmhand. An old cocky, yeah. Um, <laughs> bit of a farm and all that sort of stuff. I don't know, Ed, you tell me, look, would your old man, has your old man ever worn anything Larry? No, nah, shit, no. Yeah, okay, right. So apart from the fact that it's, you know, your one half of trademark, so mm. he's obviously supporting mm. you. Mm. How did his conversation go down? Like, because I'm really interested to hear how people actually sort how of it happens. Handle, handle, yeah, how it handle happens. Handle the, you know, what they say about it, what he said before that you know, came up that he was Ed's dad and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so obviously we were talking about how much we both, you know, love the work that you guys do and how especially um, being in that environment, like as I said, you know, you're up at work. I think we were mid-swing as well, so it might have been three or four days into our swing. Yeah. Um, sometimes having a conversation like that, the pub's – a good place to do it and I know yeah. like when you're away and you're living on camp really unless you sit in your room or you're at the gym or you're at dinner the pub is a place that a lot of people just go to unwind and kick back and you know you don't always have to drink but sit down and have a chat and you know talk some rubbish so yeah, yeah it was I, I just said oh you know I love the shirt I love the work that the boys do and he said yeah it's so good actually being able to especially this time of the week you know catch up with people get a bit of a conversation going and especially when you're the only person at the mess wearing a beautiful shirt like this and everyone else is just rocking their um their work digs. So. Oh, he's a unit. How proud was he? He'd be sitting he there, he'd be sitting there listening to this and he'd be like sitting <laughs> smiling <laughs> so hard. a stupid okay. grin on his face. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you at dinner. Yeah. I'll see you at dinner this yeah. week. Does he listen to yes. in the in the truck? Is it, can you, is I don't it, know if he does. I know he sits at home and watches the videos over and over. That's why we get so many views. He does. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Sue Ross and Ken Ross. Yeah, Sue Ross on, and Ken Ross. On repeat, so you don't know if he listens. Are you allowed to listen to um Well, you can't have your phone in there. So you can download podcasts and put them on a USB and you can play them in the truck. Oh, oh you can? Yeah. There we go. I, know lots of, I know lots of the truckies actually who do that, download podcasts and listen to them in the mm. truck. Cool, cool. So um, out there, um, yeah, so the wet mess. I'm, I'm still interested in the wet mess because I, I really didn't realise that you could, yeah, well, we need to slot the photo up there now. So. Yeah, we'll take the yeah, Ken. Yeah, Ken, <laughs> Ken, Ken Ross, you, you're in there. Yeah, the you'll see the photo. <laughs> you're in there. Yeah, we'll chuck it in. Um, but um, I'm interested to know about, like, say, at the wet mess, for instance, like how how emotionally available are the guys there? You know, are we are we are the guys sort of you know talking much about their personal lives and, 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 and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but when they talk about their personal lives, are they talking about what they have got or sort of... How they feel, oh, yeah. like if they're like struggling, the, like... I suppose it depends on, I guess, the rapport you have with a person. So like I said, um, a lot of places that I've worked previously, once you obviously get to that point, you know, you're living and you're working with these people all the time, you really do start to develop friendships. And I think... Once you get to a certain point, then people do really slowly start to open up about that kind of stuff. And I know it can be a good support system actually having people at work, you know, knowing that you can go to them and speak to them. If you are having a, having a tough time and I guess people who work in that environment have a bit of a different perspective than people on the outside 
might do. So um, I know I've got plenty of guys who I've worked with before who've opened up to me a lot about, you know, what they've got going at home and maybe things that they've been struggling with and like even talked about avenues that they can take to like try and sort stuff out. I know people who've gone through divorces and deaths and stuff like Mm. that and it's only exacerbated by the fact that, you know, you're away from home, you're away from your family, you're away from your friends and you're working long hours. So to be able to have people around you who, you know, might be going through similar things who are open to listening to what you want to say is is so helpful and I know I've I've lent on my workmates in that way before and it is like I honestly would say like it is a lifesaver knowing that you can you can speak to them about that yeah. kind of stuff so you th- uh, yeah. yeah sorry go on you go thanks Dan yeah <laughs> I no I was just going to say um the do you find that blokes confide in you know the ladies on site more often than yeah I think actually the way the industry is going having more females I think Definitely, and especially like with the the work you guys do and with other companies do as well. Um, I think having chicks in that environment as well, obviously, as you guys know, females tend to be a little bit more open about talking about feelings and stuff like that. And I know plenty of guys who maybe feel like they can open up a bit more to to a female maybe than a male or something like that. So I think it's going to be a good thing having chicks in that industry, you know, more represented for that reason yeah. as well. So It's an interesting one. You know, we think about blokes – well, the reason blokes don't talk is because they think it's weak, right? Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I would think it's funny that, uh, you know, blokes are more likely to talk to ladies there about that. And if it's a sign of weakness, you would think that'd be the exact opposite person that they would confide in. Well, Did you not think? I don't know. It's, yes, sort of, but I guess... It's sort of... It's, I think it's more about the... Um, you know, when you're surrounded by a lot of blokes, you know, you, you kind of don't really want to show your perceived weaknesses to the guys so much. Yeah, you know, too, that they're not going to react in in the way that you hope they will. They might just go, oh, you know, suck it up, whereas a chick might be like, oh, you know, like, that's. I'm sorry that you're going through that. Like, that's pretty shitty. You know, is there anything I can do to help? Maybe it's because that- women are more empathetic. Maybe that Easy like to nurturing, talk. yeah, that more nurturing, a bit more maybe. maternal yeah. instinct and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, because we had um, Rachel who was on that um, at the photo shoot with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rachel like, Castro, shout Rachel. out to Rachel. Rachel shout Castro, shout out to Rachel. Um, I'm waving to you, Rachel. She's in Newy now. Stop, yeah. yes, stop waving to Rachel. everyone on the camera. That's my new thing. <laughs> I've got my own camera. <laughs> um, but I yeah. love this. <laughs> Hello. Hang on, I've just smacked the levels on the um, on the. Audio. Um, so, yeah, I was going to say Disruption. Rachel um, was one of the first. Uh, on a building site, I met one female tradie um, in my whole time. I've never met one. And she was a painter. On site. Um, on site. Yeah, residential, residential. Um, yeah, at, at, at work. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, talking to Rachel, who I met last year through a fellow who we were sharing an office with, um, she – was talking a lot about the fact that yeah she gets so many guys opening up to her you know on site because they do feel more comfortable yeah. with her um and she said to me um i don't i'm not sure if i know what to say you know i'm not sure if i know like these you know there's lots of people out there who need you know help or a bit of a support network and i'm not you know too sure where to direct them and i said to her look 
it's awesome that they feel comfortable with you. Like that's fantastic. Like let that flow for sure. Yeah. Uh, because people are, you know, ultimately like a powder keg and, and anything can make them explode at any time. So releasing that pressure is, you know, the number one thing for anyone to do. But it's about listening. You don't need to try and solve anyone's issues yeah, or you don't it. need to be there to tell them, you know, to fix, you know, their all their problems and all that sort of stuff. It's just about allowing that that pressure valve to just release a bit and to just know that you've got a bit of support around you and that yeah. it is okay. But like how do you I guess if more people want to open up with you, like are you good to deal with that? Are you good to are you good to be that person? You find it you're yeah. pretty natural to do I, it? Um personally, um the previous place I worked with, I've had times where I've had you know, heaps of shit going on at home and I've been having a really rough time being away and I've really lent on, like I was saying before, some of my co-workers and guys who are friends and stuff like that. And like you said, sometimes it's it's not about solving the world's problems or solving someone's issues or anything like that. Sometimes you just need someone to vent to. Sometimes it's as simple as just sitting down and just saying, I've got all this shit going on in my head and me sitting alone in my dong is really not doing myself any good. I just need to speak. I just need to let it all out. I just mm. need to talk to someone about. It. I just need someone to kind of just listen to what yeah. I have I, to say, so it's not just me going around in circles in my head. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's getting it out of your head. It's yeah. You can't yeah. you can't rationalise things in your own head because yeah. it just becomes a bigger problem than what it ever needs to be. But I was just thinking, I think an analogy, you know, around like the pressure valve or the exhaust. Like it's like a truck, a mine truck without an exhaust pipe, right? Like I'm pretty sure. Yeah, look out. Look out because <laughs> if Ken Ross, Ken is, Ross driving, is driving the truck with <laughs> no exhaust pipe. No exhaust pipe. Oh. Like, yeah, it'll just sort of explode, yeah. right? And it's exactly... Blow a head gasket, yeah. I'd presume. For well, I don't know anything. I'm not sure. I'm just <laughs> putting it out there. Put it in the cars. comments. He's Put it in the just, comments he's below. Googled some yeah. stuff. He's just throwing words out yeah, there, hoping yeah. some of them stick. <laughs> so, so have you... So, I guess, yeah, life happens for absolutely everyone. Yeah. No one gets through unscathed. Absolutely no one. So, have you had times where you've been, you know, out on your mind, on the minds mid swing, and had, you know, personal, you know, things going on in your life that you've that you've had to sort of be battling, yeah, whilst still presenting to work and working twelve hours a day. Yeah. So this is something I definitely feel really strongly about. Like I was saying before, I've I've had situations before where it's been like that. So, um, my previous relationship when I lived in Western Australia, obviously, was kind of falling apart and at the same time I was having to crop up to work and you know go away for two weeks at a time and be in a donger every night and work long days and like you said sometimes it's just like you know life's going on around you and you can't just you can't just stop doing what you're doing because that's happening at home and there is kind of that expectation that you're not just going to drop the ball and just fall apart so for me I know in that situation I did really lean on um, the guys that I worked with and like I said it was as simple as I had so much stuff going on at home, me sitting in my room at camp by myself, just going around in my own head, wasn't healthy in any way, shape or form. Remember I called my mum up one night and I just said, mum, all this stuff's going on, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. I just feel really like like my wheels were spinning, I guess. Overwhelmed a bit. bit. Yeah, really, really overwhelmed. And the first thing she said to me was, go and find some of your mates, go find someone to talk to. Like this isn't a time that you want to be alone or be by yourself and not in a, in a little single camp room in the middle of the Pilbara. So, in your own thoughts, yeah. Yeah, that's what I did. I went and I called some of my mates. I said, hey, can I come around to your room? Like, what are you guys up to? I just need someone to talk to. I'm having a rough time at the moment. And they were straight away like, yep, we're like here, come around. Do you want us to come to you? What can we do for you? And yeah, so I went around there and just sat down with them and just 
poured everything out, I guess, had a bit of a cry, told him what was going on. And, you know, like we said before, sometimes it's you're not sitting there asking them to solve your problems. Sometimes it's just that getting out of your own head and not feeling like you're going crazy in your own room by yourself. So for me, that was just a massive weight off my shoulders immediately being able to tell someone or tell a couple of people actually what was going on. And you look at the two guys I was talking to, one of them's, uh, you know, an old fitter in his 50s. He looks like an old miner, big beard, rough as guts. The other one's a bit younger, but, you know, they're not someone that you would expect that you could just... Go and confide in. A 23-year-old girl could go and, you know, have a cry and tell your life story to, but, like, I thank them so much because they didn't skip a beat at all. They didn't tell me to shut up. Nothing I had to say to them was stupid. And yeah, I could, can't thank them anymore for how they how they were for me. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's really cool. But I think um, the, the other thing is like once you've done that, I suppose you know if you've been through that, you're in a very foreign or sort of a foreign environment, or a bit of it. You know, can be a daunting environment when you're away and you've got stuff going on. But you've found the you know the ability to reach you know put your hand up or seek help or lean on the people around you um so many people struggle with that part yeah so many people struggle with that that yeah that piece of you know putting your hand up and saying oh i've got this going on but the reality is is like everyone goes everyone's had a relationship breakdown like most of the people out you know that you work with would have been through so many similar things um it's that, yeah, it's that help-seeking behaviour where, you know, you actually commit to it and you say, yeah, right, I need to, I need I need to, to vent here, I need it. to blow off some steam yeah. here because um, – but there's absolutely nothing wrong with it and it's almost like the healthiest thing you could possibly yeah. do. And once you do it, once you realise it's not so bad and, you know, people are, you know, helpful yeah. and, you know, inherently they, they care about you, so um, – yeah. That's good to hear. And that's what I love so much about what you guys do is getting people to stand up and say, yeah, okay, well, I'm wearing this shirt and yeah, I look funky as, but I'm also willing to listen. Like if you want someone to talk to, know that I'm a person that you can come and speak to and I won't judge you and I'm not going to laugh at you. And if all you need is to just sit there and speak to someone for two hours and tell your life story, I think more people putting their hands up and making it know that, yeah, like I'm, I'm here to have these conversations with you will help people to make that first step as well, knowing that there are people out there who, who yeah, do want to awesome. help. I love that. You've yeah. just nailed that. I'm so glad that like you've yeah, that you've just said that so well because like that's the thing. I'm not gonna laugh at you, right? Yeah. That's like the, the thing that so many people are scared of. It's like yeah. they're so fearful of being judged and they're worried that people will laugh at them. So yeah. they just don't. But yeah, it's Yeah, it is, but the thing if the most of the stories we get back is all about people when they're wearing these shirts is people laugh at the people wearing the shirts. shirts, Like our mate, Charlie, like he's all the time. He's like, yeah, blokes would come up to you and start laughing. It's like, yeah, shit, shit, mate. (laughs) What's what's the guy with this shirt? Start laughing at him. And a just, and, and, he always just talks about how he just like lights up and just loves telling people about what they're about. And same yeah. with my old man, like, yeah. you know, when he ran into you, like he just That's lights it. up. So it's sort of, it's weird. It's empowering people yeah. to, um, to have these conversations, which is really overwhelming. Like we never thought it would turn into it's, this. It's, that was the objective, but we just we didn't think it would yeah. happen yeah. because obviously it doesn't happen without other yeah. people. Like we could just sit up there and keep, crying on about this is what we want to happen but it won't happen unless people actually take it on board and people are and that's it you guys have that passion and you are spreading the passion to other people and like you said you see people like ken and he did he just lights (laughs) up he wants to tell you the whole story and like 
explain the story behind the shirts and I think that's awesome and the more people you can get involved involved in that is um, the better. Well, yeah, it's all about, uh, yeah, we're, we're out, you know, in uh, Roma on the weekend, um, dinner, dancing under the stars event for Dolly's Dream Australia. And, um, yeah, we had such a strange, like a, not a strange again, an encounter that we have regularly where we met a fella who, you know, uh, first appearances, you know, was telling us how great everything was. We were looking at his business. We were looking at the things he was selling. And he was like, yeah, you know, this is so great. You know, I'm you got to like, put it into context. He was about five foot six he was and he was short. had the little terrier um, dog syndrome where he was just yap, 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 just yeah. flat out. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. S- putting himself in this higher pedestal that was talking about his marriage. He had broken down how he'd, you know, bashed the new boyfriend and all this stuff. And then I was like, because wow, this she, is... She, he, that context for that as well, something happened with one of his uh, daughters. The yeah, boyfriend, it was just boyfriend. like him setting his power. Like he was, yeah, you know, was tough guy, tough dude, like yeah. tough guy, successful. And you look business. at him, tattoos, yeah. and he had the bloody bum bag. Yeah. What's going on? Bum he bag with a bum bag. Yeah. You're not that tough. <laughs> he's yeah. not tough. I wear it. He's not that tough. He's not yeah. tough. Yeah. That's yeah. the word. I wear it a different way. Anyway, and eventually he stopped. Like you know, he after he'd finished, you know, rambling on, telling yeah. us how great. All, everything was. Oh, he nothing goes, could be better. Nothing could be better. He goes, this, but, yeah. what, what's with the shirts? Mm. I was wearing the one that you're wearing, the Einhorn purple. Um, and yeah, we said, oh, they're, they're, we, we make them where they're designed to be a conversation start about mental health. And he, his demeanor changed immediately. His head went down, like instantly his head, stopped. His yeah. head dropped and he got, and he sort of, he was kind of stammering and stuttering a bit. And he said, and he, he kind of didn't even have the words to say, but what he got out was all oh, that, oh, that, that 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 mental health stuff. That's 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 real for me. Like he goes, that's, and he went on to tell us that six months earlier, his son had taken his life at Christmas. Oh really? Just gone out. Yeah. And this it is. It's 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 awful. But the, and that's super common story. There's so many people out there struggling with that. But yeah. the point was is that he dropped his guard immediately. He went yeah. from being this guy who was, you know, everything was great on the surface and, you know. So busy being busy. Yeah, and, you know, we, he was, he'd was he done his job. It's a coping mechanism. But then, but then, but then yeah. It's how he's coping with it. But it's interesting because that's how people get into these, fall into these traps, is that they're not being themselves. Like, yeah. but also it, 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 that is one of the main reasons why people fall down this path because it's just like, you know, yeah, he he was just going a thousand miles an hour, and it's easier yeah. for me to just keep putting this facade up and be this man, and no one needs to know what I'm going through because you know I'm just yeah, tough, 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 tough. He, he was really trying, like trying. He, he was trying to impress us, right? Oh, yeah, he was, and 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 that's great. And I, yeah. could, like honestly, I couldn't have cared less how much money the business. Made or turned yeah. over, or whatever. I just thought the stuff he was selling was cool, yeah. right? Like it was really cool. Like couldn't have cared less, you know. I already liked what he did, yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Once you made the sale, stop selling. Yeah, them. but that ability to, um, yeah, to, to allow, and that's really what we do want to allow people to drop that facade yeah. and, and let their guard down and sort of drop that tough outer shell and, you know, give him the opportunity to have a little vent, and he did. He walked into the, he walked into his trailer, and he had a cry. And, and Ed, yeah, and I, totally and it, changed. It was and pretty, not, um, yeah. yeah, pretty unbelievable the turnaround. And that was, um, we were out at the event at Roma, and we don't, um, you know, we know, I guess, what we like to talk about or whatever. But like that was not that happened the day that we yeah. were out there, and that was the perfect thing to be able to talk about that night because it's just you know it's, we 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 wanted we need to cut the shit basically yeah, and yeah. just allow people to just to yeah but like that. imagine if he his mindset was more 
Like if, you know, new people rocked up and he was, he shifted his mindset to wanting to know how everyone was going, you know, like rather yeah. than be all then, him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like imagine if he, yeah, if he, he was him. more because like he's in customer service. So like. Ultimately, yeah. Well, he is. Yeah. So it's like how does, you know, why why isn't his mindset like that? You know what I mean? He's still obviously trying to cope is, with the yeah. loss of his son. Definitely. But it's sort of like. You know, it'd be funny to see where that point is in his life where he switches that over and says, holy shit, like it's not it, – yeah. let's make it – it's like I've gone through this. I don't want other people to go through this. Why don't I shift? Like he could be making turn, – turning it into a positive as much yeah. as he could. You well, know what I, I mean? Guess, like, I guess it's interesting to think like at, at that point in time he was trying to impress us. Yeah, right? no, but what I'm trying to say is is that he doesn't need – like imagine he if he – doesn't need to do that. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was – you come in and you're just like, hey, mate, how's your day going? You know what I mean? Like what's going on? Yeah. Like he never asked us about it, what the fuck we were doing. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, anyway. so like that could be, you know, what, where, where's that point? Mm. You know what I mean? When does he change? Like yeah. it's it's interesting. Could have happened on th- Friday, Saturday. Could have. Could have. Could have maybe, happened on Saturday. Maybe it was a moment where he realised that, you know, a couple of guys came along that he could be real with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I guess um, coming back to Lazy the Sparky, what uh, – so where do you want to take, you know, everything, you know, because I look at you and I think this is – perfect role model of you know girls who want to get into you know the trade and all sorts of stuff and you know you speak very openly and honestly about and you've got you know with your range of experiences from going to uni and then into the mines uh, it kind of puts you in such a great position you know as a role model thank you um what how how do how do you feel about that how do you you know where do you want to you obviously want to encourage you know as many women you know and females to get in the trade but where can you see it? Where can you see it going for yourself? Don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> nah, Answer um, now. <laughs> actually, um, I've just recently been lucky to find out um, I'm going to be involved with a Women on the Tools speakering event. So, NAWIC, the National Association Did of Women in Construction. <laughs> Did you just say Women on Tools speakering event? So speed. So <laughs> I'm slurring because I'm nervous. Speed career. That was perfect. Perfect. Yeah, sorry. Go on, go on. Yeah, so um, now. National Australian Women in Construction, they run a Women on the Tools um, speed careering event. So basically what they're doing is um, hosting um, a series of days at different TAFEs. Um, So they're working with um, TAFE Queensland and it'll be specifically aimed at kids in high school. So those same kids who probably are at this time of the year thinking about sitting final exams and having no bloody idea what they want to do mm. when they finish school um so yeah i'm going to be involved in doing a couple events um at a couple of tafes in sunny coast gold coast here in brizzy um just talking about you know me having no bloody idea what i wanted to do when i went out of school and um obviously a bit of the experience i've had throughout going to uni and working in a couple of different industries and then getting into mining and then finally obviously what i'm doing now so for me that's going to be an opportunity for me to share you know my insight into the fact that you don't have to have it all figured out when you're in school it's not the end of the world and you know you can go out and you can to put it lightly fuck up and change change your mind and it's okay and so I'll get to share a bit of my passion for what I do too so for me that was the dream come true I was pretty um pretty excited when they asked me to be involved with that. That's so awesome. Well that's done. Great. Good on you. Yeah. Feather in your cap, mate. When oh, I, I cried. <laughs> I was so happy I cried. And then I called my mum to tell her that I was I was going to get involved with that. So that's that was the entire reason that I started. I want to be able to show people that, you know, this this is a cool career choice and it is really rewarding and 
you know, why not give it a crack? And that's really cool. And as you say, you know, just try, like, just try things, right? Just try things. Put yourself out there. Get out of your comfort zone because you can always turn around and go back, curl yep. up in your bed if it's all too hard. That's you know, it. try something else. But you're not going to know if you don't. What do you out. got to lose? Do you know what I mean? What do you got to lose? What the, I can't everything to gain and nothing to lose. Yeah, and you can you can fail, but I mean, you might lose a finger in like a in like a might rack know, up a bit of hex death like or something in a fan belt or well, like. don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, Safety first. Yeah, right. No, that's awesome. That's that's really cool. Um, yeah, kudos. Um, I yeah. just have a quick question about you mentioned you were working in a gold mine earlier. Yeah. How close do you actually get to the gold? We're not close at all. I know. You have all these dreams. What you're about to say, does that mean you were a gold digger? <laughs> oh, zing! On camera, Here's waving at the camera again. <laughs> so you mentioned you were in a gold mine. <laughs> so not very close? No. So the gold mine I worked out was actually really low grade. So they actually, when they process gold, a byproduct of it is called calcium concentrate. So they like milk. Oh Sorry. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll edit that, 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 that appalling joke out. <laughs> sorry, co- sorry, copper concentrate, copper concentrate, oh, not calcium. I'm thinking, I got milk on the brain, cheese. Right, I'm going to take over here. Um, <laughs> that was gold. That it's was very low-grade gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have um, like locked rooms and stuff. The people that work in the gold rooms, they have to take all their clothes off when they come and go from work. But yeah, right. You're not like putting gold nuggets in your pockets. So that was that was going to be mess. my question. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Yeah. Yeah. How many beers can I get with this much gold? <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. But the coal, you're mm. pretty close to? Coal at the mo- Yeah, well, yeah. I worked... This last well, you week, get it all over your face. Yeah, but it's not, even if you fill pockets with it, you're probably you not going to make that much money. So you're going underground? Uh, no, so I work at an open cut coal mine. Okay. I just managed to get so dirty this last week because we've been um, doing some construction work on one of our product machines. So it's in the the one that scoops up all the product coal to load it onto the trades. Mm. So open cut, how deep is the hole? Oh, good question. Ken like, Ross actually might be able to answer something yeah, better than yeah. me. Big PK. Can we get him on a video <laughs> chat? <laughs> we can dial him in. We can actually we can actually do that with this recording machine. I would love to do it someday. One day. Sure. Yeah, One maybe. day. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, um, it's pretty deep. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah right. Fantastic. Um, righto. Well, what well, do you reckon? Before we shut it down, I want to know what the future holds for Lazi the Sparky. Um, Inspirational, motivational talker, getting yeah. girls, getting girls in the trade. Hey, mate, she's here. She can talk for herself. Thank you. Lazi. Thanks for that, <laughs> <laughs> Um, So me, obviously, still being an apprentice, just focusing on getting through my apprenticeship, just trying to get the most out of it that I can. Um, I've been so lucky, obviously, doing this Instagram thing on the side, which is kind of beyond my wildest imagination as big as it's got so far. So, yeah, I'm just going to focus on getting through my apprenticeship, try and share my passion for what I do with as many people that will listen to me, I guess, and then, yeah. Who knows what the future holds after that? What um CEO of somewhere? Oh yes, yeah. CEO of Lazy the Sparky Proprietary Limited. <laughs> Lazy the Sparky Electrical. <laughs> yeah. What um uh, I'm just interested to know what what's your like your favourite tool? Oh, Do you have one? Um yeah. So at the moment, my favourite tool is probably these like Barco ratcheting ring spanners. I'm actually obsessed with them because my tool bag is so freaking heavy. Like it's a joke, and I'm not super strong, so. I have this set of three ring spanners and it's twelve sizes in one. Like that's awesome. I'm obsessed. I, I, don't, I don't have to hold. I don't have to drag twelve spanners it's around. Ratcheting, ratcheting, ratcheting and oh. twelve. So each one, each like spanner has four sizes on it. So each side is a different size. 
What is what has happened the last eighteen months? We got to get back in the game. I know things have changed. Well, bar- they, they just Chocolate those, those barcodes. They just they, they, that's got such a nice smooth click, oh. like a nice smooth ratchet. What about what about uh, what about uh, cordless tools? Oh, uh, probably my impact driver, my Makita impact driver, my baby. Nice. No, awesome. I, I know everyone has their favourite tool brand, but I'll fight anyone. Hakoki. Hakoki. <laughs> Would you like a Hakoki hat? No. <laughs> so, I don't um, want a Hakoki hat. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd like one. Um, anyway. Sure hook you up so, um, I guess. If um, if there are any females out there listening, you know who would be interested to know more um, about what you do, or maybe you want to yeah, hit me up, hit you up. Yeah, so I'm always down to chat at Lazy the Sparky on Instagram. Yep, that's me. Dan will oh. put the little subtitle in there. Yeah, I'll you know how to do that. Post production. And you're sort of open to yeah, o- open definitely. To anyone asking questions and more than happy to answer any questions. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I don't mind having a bit of a yarn. So if anyone wants to chat, I'm more than happy to give out my phone number. If they live in Brizzy, catch up for a coffee or a beer or something. But not answering any questions about how to wash a doona. <laughs> That's been covered. <laughs> yeah. It was that doona. a pun? It's not duvet. Wait, hang on. Yes, that was a pun. What? What was the pun? That's been covered. Well done. Oh wow! Uh, pardon, pardon, pardon that pun. pun. Pardon it. Punny, oh, very right. punny. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's about us. Yeah, well, thanks no. for coming in. Yeah, thanks, thanks for Lazy. having me. It was great. Um, you look fantastic in our shirts. Thank you. Thanks so much for repping them. I'll we'll have to get you in high vis one now. Yeah, I know. Where to work? When I have to rock up to work with the same one as Ken on. And oh, that'll be great. One of us. Well, to tell change. us that's. Yeah, you'll have to let us know that story. Actually, we'll start coordinating our outfits at camp. Yeah, sweet. Love it. Start a movement. Yes. Fantastic. I love it. Awesome. Right. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Thanks Lars. Good to